Welcome to Retro Fanfic Retrospective, the podcast where we dredge up old fanfiction and expose it to the cold, harsh light of 2023. At least, you know, ordinarily, that's what we do. My name is Amato, he, him, and with me are... Tori, they, them. And Della, she, her. And you know what we love more than actually talking about fanfiction on this podcast? What's that? Navel-gazing about <laughs> definition of, po- of not of, not of podcasting, of fanfiction. Right. But I think we're all clear on podcasting. Yeah, I, I think we can address this with all like serious scholarly intent as, 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 as we should. Oh, yeah. We're <laughs> You're ready for the serious scholarship right there. It's good scholarship juice. <laughs> so look. We've had an episode about what is fanfiction. We've devolved into talking about what is fanfiction on <laughs> other episodes before. So I don't want to get too in the weeds on the basis, on like the groundwork there. Mm-hmm. But on a text exchange earlier, like a couple of weeks ago, we did start coming up with increasingly insane hypotheticals about yeah. like, wait, is this fanfiction then? Yeah. When we got to the point where we were discussing it in our free time, we thought about it might be about be about time to put microphone in front of our faces to talk about this again. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think I've come up with some good ones that'll catch you two off guard. Right. So here's our episode on fanfiction hypotheticals. We're going to try to come down on the yes, it's fanfiction or no, it's not fanfiction side <laughs> when possible. Right. This is moving away from what is fanfiction to like, is that fanfiction? <laughs> right. And so our, our fundamental thing is basically like there's mm-hmm. an element of transgression in fan fiction. Mm-hmm. You're playing with other people's toys in some way. Mm-hmm. So like if if there's someone who doesn't give you the rights and you're using their toys, like that's fan fiction. That's usually where I come at it from. Mm-hmm. Can you take us from there, Della, with like what we were originally uh, evolving into? <laughs> well, I, I had posted a, a screenshot from a Tumblr post from Tumblr user Lizards from Space. <laughs> who made a post saying, Sherlock Holmes looked up from his book. My dear Watson, the only thing I love more than respecting women and having feelings is being in a gay triad with you and Winnie the Pooh. Let's hook up with the great Gatsby, he said, 100% legally. This is in reference to the fact that by 2023, the last part of Sherlock Holmes' official canon entered the public domain, along with Winnie the Pooh and the great Gatsby. Yes, very good. um, What is also... (laughs) transgressive about that in like a more i don't know of the property in its original intent sense is that sherlock holmes is like i love respecting women (laughs) and uh, what else do you say having feelings having feelings (laughs) yeah (laughs) like that's not something sherlock holmes would say Mm -hmm. and that's very intentionally the point so is that this is my first question. Is that what partially makes it fan fiction is transgressing what the Sherlock Holmes character would actually do? That it's transformed the character. Though. Transforming. Yeah. Yes. For so me. Yeah, transgressing. Sorry. <laughs> it doesn't need to be. I think, you know, the most faithful rendition in accordance with the the, the Doyle can still be fan fiction because like you're taking Arthur Conan Doyle stuff and using it without like kind of being specifically the person who has the right to do that. Right. So for me, that's all it takes. Well, the question I, I I had posed initially was like, is this fan fiction because it's in the public domain? Can you have public domain fan fiction? And I say my argument is it's still fan fiction because whether or not you have the legal right to make money off of it, there is still a cultural concept of like, these are my characters. These are someone else's characters. And there, it feels very different to be like, I'm going to go take and use Arthur Conan Doyle's characters, mm. as opposed to, say, for example, the estate of Arthur Conan Doyle has authorized an official sequel that will be published 
you know, by yes. me, a motto. <laughs> but you also mentioned Lovecraft and the fact that he said it was okay to use any of his Lovecraft characters. actively encouraged people right. to like expand on his mythos, do whatever they want with it. Make And in my opinion, that's what we call a shared universe, right. which is also a different thing. Which is moving from like appropriation to collaboration. Right. There, there's that exchange of stories. I forget what it is. It's like the Haunter in the Dark. Like he killed a character who was supposed to be one of his friends and his friends wrote a story. His friend wrote a story where he killed a character who was supposed to be Lovecraft and Lovecraft did it again for some reason. Mm -hmm. He, he like, like, made another character that's supposed to be Robert Block and like killed him again. I don't know. Like that's, that's just not fan fiction. That's people writing for each other mm -hmm. and sharing stuff. Absolutely. And those and those are all, by the way, established like formative mythos stories now that are part of the universe. I think the only thing that is weird about it is the permissions, mm -hmm. right? Because mm -hmm. we talked about this, it's like, do we think that Sir Arthur Conan Doyle would be cool with us writing about Sherlock Holmes? Probably not, because he wasn't super cool. Cool about <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh. The Lupin story. When, yeah. Uh, Mar uh, what's the author of Lupin? Uh, Marcel. Um. Uh. uh, uh LeBlanc. Maurice. Maurice LeBlanc. LeBlanc. Yeah. I don't know why that <laughs> escaped my brain. Um. Well, that was a direct financial competitor too. Like Maurice LeBlanc course. wasn't wasn't yeah. writing this in so, like a fan journal. <laughs> so that's one of the big tensions here. Is like, is would he or would he not be cool with it? And do we care if that's the case? Well, it's also the question of, because these are things that take place long in the past. The original author is no longer in the picture. Mm -hmm. uh, at one point, does permission need to come from the author themselves or whoever has stewardship of the IP even like centuries later? I think if someone has stewardship of the IP, then if they give that permission, like if there's anyone who's determined to have that, if they give permission, then like it's not fan fiction anymore because like you're kind of checking it up against an authority before you do it. Right. And but I think that takes us to our first like we're still talking about like the stuff we've talked about before, like actual reality. Right. Mm -hmm. Let's try to avoid that. So I, I believe I the first hypothetical reality. Della was what if you commune with the spirit of Arthur Conan Doyle and he says, oh, yes, you specifically can write an authorized sequel to Sherlock Holmes. Mm hmm. Then by your definition, that would not be fan fiction. That'd I be, think I have to say that's not fan fiction. That'd be a collaboration with the spirit of Arthur Conan Doyle. Okay. <laughs> well, well, like, even if it's not a collaboration, he didn't help write it, but he's yeah. like, no, yeah, you, you can do that. Permission. Yeah. Thanks for checking. Sure. The, the express spiritual permission. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now, obviously, this is a weird hypothetical. <laughs> I, however, I do want to say that I feel like because that brings us into loose territory, I feel like you would have to at least somehow have evidence that that was the case. Right? I disagree. Okay. Because if you think that the spirit of Arthur Conan Doyle gave you explicit permission to write an authorized sequel to Sherlock Holmes, you're not writing it as fan fiction. I think you wouldn't write it as fan fiction. I think it'd be taken by the community as fan fiction. Well, okay. yeah. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like <laughs> yeah. that brings us back to is it defined by the author is it defined by the community so tori what if we can all check we all ask arthur conan doyle's <laughs> ghost and even though the rights passed to other people after his death mm -hmm. and even though the rights are now in public domain we can still check with arthur conan doyle we all can and he's like oh yeah no i gave a motto permission to do that <laughs> well then yeah certainly then certainly but i, mm. I think this would be sticky because it's like uh copyright 
enters the public domain after the uh, author's death at some point. Mm-hmm. But if you could communicate with the author post death, what does that mean for um uh you know public domain laws? Well, the point of public domain law originally mm-hmm. was that like, look, we should give creative people a chance to make some money on their stuff before anyone else can use it. Yeah. And uh, Arthur Conan Doyle can't take it with him as a ghost. Yeah, but if you're a ghost and you can actually exert will upon the living world, then that's still, you could still make money from it from your beyond the grave. So then it should still belong to Arthur Conan Doyle. Mm. Oh, you mean like um, he could make money that his descendants could spend or something? Or put in a trust or something? Or, right, because yeah. he couldn't spend it from beyond the grave. Now, well, you, 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 you could if you just order somebody else to spend it in your name. <laughs> I mean, what could you use from the physical world? Maybe you want to see certain movies get made so you can watch it oh, from the okay, afterlife. Okay. That's <laughs> like you, you know, <laughs> you fund creative works. You bankroll different stuff. Yeah. You fund shady politicians. There you go. Policies in place, you know. Fair enough. <laughs> if you care about the world of the living, legit. And I think the movie one makes a lot of sense. If you're sitting around as a ghost, like, hey, I want to watch a movie. But but we can get weirder, and we did on our original thread. <laughs> because let's say, look, you can't talk to Arthur Conan Doyle. He's dead. Mm-hmm. But you can commune with alternate realities. And it turns out that all authors are channeling, you know, other realities that may or may not exist. Mm-hmm. And so you, you check in with Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> and Sherlock Holmes says, ah, yes, you seem like a good writer. I give you permission to write fictional, but authorized by Sherlock Holmes, uh, accounts of my adventures. Yeah, I hate to tell you, Mom, that's not a fan fiction, that's a biography. <laughs> it certainly is. <laughs> oh, okay, it's biography if Sherlock Holmes is telling you about his life and you're writing it down. Yeah. Oh, but what if oh, what if this is more along the lines of Space Jam? And he's like, no, you can use my likeness and character you for your story where I play basketball against aliens. <laughs> you can use my character, m- my personage as a fictional character in whatever way. Exactly. Okay. Okay. So that, Right. Space Jam is not fan fiction, even though it's because, fiction. Because it has. Because Michael Jordan said, yeah, you can write about my life. That's right. And I mean, he acted in it too, but that's irrelevant. Even if someone else had been playing Michael right. Jordan he in that movie, he was like, yes, you can use me. Like, you can use the, a charactered version of me mm-hmm. in your fictional piece. Mm-hmm. So is that fan fiction if you think Sherlock Holmes said you can write it about him? So in this instance, Sherlock Holmes exists. Right is a person yes so then this is fiction about a person that actually exists that, that's right it would be real person fan fiction except that you have his permission is that real person fan fiction that if you have authorized no. permission i think it's not 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 yeah. in no. terms of space jam yeah right no so no that's not fan fiction that's franchising <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the and, character um, sherlock holmes franchising themselves and like the beatles <laughs> movies yeah. Right, exactly. Like those were fictionalized accounts of their lives, like oh, and I mean even though they acted in them, well, it doesn't you, matter. You, you can right? go past movies where people act as themselves. It's the Beatles TV show. Oh yeah, but right. Yellow Submarine. Right. They didn't Either, act no, as they themselves didn't. In the but they were like, Yeah, sure. Yeah. Like we we signed off on this. Right. Or someone who has the rights to our likenesses. I mean they must have signed off on it individually, right? Mm. I don't know. Or like any cartoon where like a real person shows up, like I think you two shows up in The Simpsons at one point, like <laughs> A bunch of celebrities do, sure. right? Mm-hmm. It's still, it's not, I mean, they do play themselves, but even if they don't, yeah, it's just, it's a permission to do a fictionalized account of that person. Okay. So while we're on the theme of communing with uh, possibly dead people or what they may or may not think. I'm, I'm excited. I'm out of my notes. So. Do I have permission to go further? Granted. Okay. <laughs> 
let's think about, um, how about Will Wheaton, okay? Mm -hmm. Now, Will Wheaton firmly believes that he is the reincarnation of William Shakespeare. This is not in real life. This is a hypothetical. This is a hypothetical. This is a hypothetical. Hypothetical. Don't sue us. (laughs) (laughs) Will Wheaton is like, you know what? I'm the reincarnation of Shakespeare. And I'm going to write Hamlet 2, The Next Generation, the authorized sequel. <laughs> Love it. Would he call it Next Gen? Of course he would. <laughs> well, is, is he more of a Star Wars fan? Oh. Well, he's, he's trying to get the, you know, get the attention, like the, the headline grabbing oh, title, right? It's, okay. It's a marketing thing. Yeah. He, he's like, he doesn't have the rights to Star Trek, but, but he's like, as the reincarnation of Shakespeare, this <laughs> is like, this is not a fanfic. This is a officially, you know, official product. Mm-hmm. Is that fan fiction? Oh, wait, fan fiction of Star Trek or no of Hamlet? Of this Hamlet, Hamlet two. Oh, okay. Hamlet two, the next generation. <laughs> he's just calling it the next generation. He's not bringing in. Yeah, look, Star look, Trek. Star Trek doesn't okay. own the rights to the phrase "the next generation." That is absolutely. Care Bears right. had Care Bears two, the next generation. <laughs> Legit. Okay, but if he actually is William, well, it, no, reincarnation is a, yes. a tricky field, right? Because. Are we talking about the same person? I think that depends yeah, on your, that, that your is theology or metaphysical yeah. standpoint. D- right? Does uh, Will Wheaton have the same life experiences as the Shakespeare? You know, this? this is exactly where I was going. But but l- let's say this before we know anything about that. Okay. Before we know anything about that, let's just say that we know this much. Right. Is that fan fiction? So there's two ways you could take it. If you believe that this is true, mm-hmm. then it's a person continuing their work. Sound like kind let's of say we but can do. Believe that Will Wheaton is the reincarnation of Shakespeare, then it would have to be a kind of fan fiction. A kind of insane fan fiction. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was the conceit I brought up before when we talked about do they, are they really talking to the ghost? Like, mm-hmm. Okay. You, you know, well, we do so, some soul but... DNA testing. We've confirmed that Will Wheaton <laughs> and right. William Shakespeare are in some metaphysical way the same person. Are soul-related. Exactly. And then the question becomes how, like I said, like a metaphysical question, how much does a person remember about a past life? Well, if they're soul-related, then they would still have control over the IP because if you're biological-related, you would still own... There's no legal precedent for soul relationship. That's correct. There's no legal grounds to stand on. So I'm I'm inventing them based off of uh, biological relationships or family relationships. Well, you know, before we go to no, I, actually, I think the, the way to make to continue here <laughs> is makes sense. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna demand an answer from you, Tori, just on this knowledge. He hasn't even written it yet, mm-hmm. but we know that they're the same person in a metaphysical sense. Is it fan fiction? I just I don't know what it means to be the same person in a metaphysical sense. Yeah, that's, that's, that's why that's, I that's keep a big varying. Answer. To be completely honest, okay. Well, I understand the thought experiment. It's just it's the nuance of. How much of the same person is this? How right? What is reincarnation? How much is this the same actual human? Yeah. Then here's my follow up. Uh, we can now. Will Wheaton has written Hamlet too. <laughs> we can now go back in time and show it to William Shakespeare, and he looks at it and he's like, "What the fuck is this? This is terrible. I would never write this." Even though, in some metaphysical sense, they are the same person mm-hmm. because of their vastly different life experiences. And living completely different eras and everything that you might expect about Will Wheaton versus William Shakespeare writing something. They're just like completely unrelated. You can't find any writing stuff in common with them. I, th- I thought you hated time travel stories. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> okay. At this point, I would make the argument that that means you didn't have the author's permission. Well, True. you don't have past Shakespeare's 
permission. Right. You have, I would if, make the argument that past Shakespeare is different from present Shakespeare. Yeah, if but present Shakespeare exists. That's, again, a metaphysical yeah. argument, not necessarily the a question fan of, fiction argument. Whose permission is uh, has higher priority past Shakespeare or current Shakespeare. Right. <laughs> but, and, and because we've now established that their writing is completely different, mm-hmm. so you, you can't find that through a line. Mm-hmm. Because we've established that, you're saying that maybe that's fan fiction? Like he didn't have permission of the author, which was a different version of him in the past? Yeah, no, I think so. No, um, well, like, but I not think, necessarily in the precedent that the writing is different. I, I think everybody becomes different people over time. I'm not just saying that as a trans oof, person, but in oof. general, <laughs> people evolve and change over it's actually time. A really good There's point. a lot of things where the past you wouldn't give permission, when current you would. Well, in that case, let's say you turn up writing that you did when you were eight. Mm. You were completely earnest about it when you were eight and you thought this was awesome. As an adult, you turn it up and you're like, oh, this is terrible. But like, I kind of want to write some stuff, like kind of taking the shit out of it or maybe like redoing it. I'm going to like break up this, you know, this like destined moon lover couple because that's a terrible plot idea or whatever. <laughs> but like, I'm going to do some stuff with it. Feeling that call out there, Amato. But if you asked past you, past you would be like, what are you doing? This is not like, this is completely against the author's intent. I, the eight-year-old author, th- like would never write this thing. Yeah. Uh, the is realistic answer is that the past you can't respond, so it can't give or take away permission at well, all. Well, <laughs> no, but we're we're doing the hypothetical, the, the, hypothetical. the same hypothetical yeah. in which you can time travel and the eight year old can respond to you. If, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you are vastly enough different people, and if past you would never have given permission, yeah. can you write fan fiction of your own writing? I think you can write it within your own time period. I think if you went back to the eight-year-old's time period to try to write it then, you wouldn't have permission of the current author. <laughs> mm, but because the current author doesn't exist, you think that's enough to, you know, to like not make it fan fiction? I mean, isn't that public domain? <laughs> yeah, but I, but my contention is that public domain doesn't make it not fan fiction. Right, right. So, and um, we're talking about authors who have passed away therefore they do not exist right no matter what you believe do not exist in this world and i know we've got we've got this concept Um, of continuity of consciousness Mm -hmm. but we're we're saying in the same way that william shakespeare and will wheaton are unrecognizably different eight-year-old you and like current you have nothing in common with like your mental perspective your writing style what you think goes in a good story and you're pretty sure eight-year-old you would have hated this one yeah i you know I oh, think sorry. it's like, yeah, just it's temporally based. Mm. If you asked eight-year-old you, that's what they'd say. But if you asked current you, that's what you'd say. And that's what the permission is at that time. But do you think it would be fair to say, I am writing fan fiction of my own stuff? Are you a fan of it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, you, you liked some parts of it. Sure. You know, in, in the same way that like you write fix it fic for like a show where you're like, this has some good ideas, but like, oh, geez, we need to like change a lot of this stuff. Well, I got some of those cooking yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean and that's that's not a bad point um again i definitely think it depends on your on your ideology mm. like, okay how do you do you really view yourself as a different person now mm-hmm. or oh, do you view interesting the reincarnation of william shakespeare as will wheaton as a different person from william shakespeare yeah i mean yeah the motto, you think you just started, should have started with the eight-year-old self one, because bam. But I thought it anyway, made more I sense to pull it. back I to that. I think it's hilarious. 
I foresaw you two would be making those kinds of arguments. So, I, you know, it's kind of like, you know, you ask for like the bigger raise and then you like pull down to like the lesser one, I like when so. they reject the big one. I, I guess what you're asking the model is what is the essence of self? <laughs> so we're coming oh, to. Yeah. And I, I think I, we can I, probably I, knock that out in the next five minutes, right? Well, I, I think a simple answer of that would be the summation of your life experiences. Mm. So the self of you when you're at your current age, I suppose the self of you as you're eight are kind of technically different people and can have different rights and permissions, just like <laughs> William Shakespeare. <laughs> uh, William Shakespeare, Will Wheaton is a different person if they don't remember all of Shakespeare's life, mm. even if they are soul related through soul genetics. Through well, soul by soul, me. by soul related, <laughs> we're basically saying soul identical. Mm hmm. Whatever that means. Right. <laughs> Whatever that means. I just can't believe this hasn't occurred to me before, but like, obviously, what you consider to be fan fiction is dependent on your theory, mm -hmm. like your ideology. Um, and I think that people have unique theories and ideologies. And it's not wrong to say, you know, when you use a thought experiment like this, Amato, I, I think it becomes really clear that people will have different ideas of what fanfic is based on those concepts great let's take two other ideas of what fanfic is that we've talked about in the past and mash them together and see what happens okay How, how's this like the most prepared i've ever seen you for an episode <laughs> oh i'm excited oh i can tell amato's like doing hand gestures like, it's it's all good barely contained i love it in the past, we have proposed definitions of fan fiction based on transgression in some way or other, mm -hmm. or based on writing for a fan community. Mm -hmm. So let's create a fictional person for this theoretical experiment. Give me a name. What's the name of this fictional person, like this theoretical person? Uh, Telemachus. Telemachus. So Telemachus was born in a weird fan fiction commune, okay? And in well, hold up a sec. <laughs> I, got, I got to digest that part. <laughs> well, that made perfect sense to me. <laughs> this commune Why is, is it weird, though. <laughs> <laughs> we're in a weird fanfiction commune right now. We're, we're not like the, the normal fanfiction commune. Like, we're the weird one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, so this commune was formed by fanfiction writers who were like, all storytelling should be free for anyone to use and build on. And they go off and they form a commune. Mm -hmm. And in this commune, they've got a lot of books and they've got a lot of fanfics that people are writing. Mm -hmm. And Telemachus here grows up in an environment where they are perfectly aware that different people write different stories. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, this thing was written by William Shakespeare. This one was written by my mom. They both use the character Hamlet. Telemachus understands the idea of authorship, but does not understand that there's any cultural transgression in using someone else's characters versus making up your own characters mm -hmm. versus basing them vaguely on like, I don't know, what what's Hamlet based vaguely on something or other, I, I, whatever. Uh, I don't know. Shakespeare's son. It's all just like it's all just like you make characters or you use characters that you found, whatever. You make a story, people read the story, whatever. Mm -hmm. Okay. Telemachus leaves the commune and no one has explained that anything about using other people's characters is transgressive in the slightest way. Mm -hmm. So like Telemachus goes out and watches Star Wars, like that's cool, sees, you know, the 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 rack of licensed Star Wars novels on the bookstore shelf and it's like, oh, that's cool. A lot of people wanted to write about the Star Wars universe and they clearly published it or whatever. And so Telemachus now, not wanting to deal with the publishing industry, goes online, finds Star Wars fans. And it's like, oh, I have an idea for a Star Wars story. And I see people are sharing stories on here. And Telemachus writes a Star Wars story and puts it on the internet. Now, in Telemachus's mind, this is no different from the difference between someone 
being published as an author in the store and writing a short story and putting it online with their original characters in both cases. Mm -hmm. But Telemachus does know full well that they are writing for a fan community of people who like Star Wars. Is that fan fiction? It still comes back, right? It still comes back to how does the author, does the way the author perceive this matter? Does it? I, I think you should point back to like, um, like the oral tradition and stories versus like written word in uh, like a publication and, and authorship. I think that this is a similar thing where I think fan fiction, the definition of fan fiction does depend on the society in which the story exists. That's what we've argued before. Yes. <laughs> so Telemachus doesn't think they're writing fan fiction if they, if they uh, post it in the world of copyright studies fan fiction. But if they do it within their own weird fanfiction commune, then then that's just a story. It doesn't need its own but, specification. But they do know there's these people online who really want to see Chewbacca and Han kiss, and he, <laughs> and they did write a story where that happened and showed it to these people who, like, want to see that. There'd be so much hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Telemachus knows that much. It's a fan community. Yeah. It's just all of the legal and or, like, kind of cultural expectation ramifications that they don't know about. Mm-hmm. How much do we know about what our authors that we read know? You know, um, I understand that there are assumptions we can make. Usually they're probably not coming from the same place as Telemachus. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, when we're evaluating what is fan fiction, we're coming from the outside in, Mm -hmm. unless it's our own fan fiction, in which case, like, that feels kind of personal. Like, we decide if it's fan fiction or not. If we're coming from an outsider perspective, we actually don't know if we're evaluating a Telemachus, right? <laughs> right. So, so like what? Everybody else, everybody on the internet sees the story and is like, that's a fanfic. And Telemachus is like, this is just a story that I wrote. And like, we're saying it just depends on who you ask because you're no fun, Tori. All of your answers are like, it depends. <laughs> well, I, yeah, sure. I think so what, what you're saying is fair. if the author doesn't think it's fanfiction. But it's, everybody else does. I would say that, yeah. That, that's one of my my caveats. If, if it was written by fan or adopted by the fan community, it could be a fan fiction. Well, I also think if we like, if we're talking about fan communities, Telemachus is writing for a fan community very specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, totally understands that like some other people made up the Star Wars characters and like, you know, they're using these characters. Yeah, in, in your example, that this person has read other fan works and is participating in that community right they're not that they're intending to or not they just think it's like writing participating in a like original fiction community where like we share each other's stories that you know we wrote accidental fan fiction (laughs) what if someone reads a fan fiction Mm -hmm. Uh but for some reason the context for whether it's a fan fiction or not is not available and they don't know the source work and Ah. they read it and they consider it to be an original fiction Mm -hmm. well i mean I mean, I'm just saying, like... That's that's very interesting because they're approaching it from a completely different perspective. Right, because this is part of what we're hypothesizing, is that um, what is fan fiction? Is it based on the author's perspective or the community's? If it's based on the individual reader, and a reader reads something and they don't Mm. know it's fan fiction... Yeah, I I think it'd be written as fan fiction, and the person reading it, if they don't know it's fan fiction, then it's just fiction. Yeah. yeah, and that's a very plausible scenario, too. It's much more plausible than the one that I proposed. I've definitely run into <laughs> like that before. <laughs> that was actually, a, yeah. <laughs> well, like, 
I'm loving all the hypothetical <laughs> motto. They're like very well thought out and extremely detailed for like a very simple concept. <laughs> well, like my my version of Tori's scenario is um, Weird Al songs. Mm-hmm. A lot of Weird Al songs are like, oh yeah, I know that's a parody of this song. And I've heard one of them where it's like, I don't know the original song. I'm like, I guess that's just an original original song. Sure. It's like, to me, that was an original song, but in reality, it was a parody song of something else. I, I always thought Weird Al did write some original songs. Does he? He does, but I don't actually know. Not the but, ones that you would yeah, hear on the not radio, the ones that are on like, the records of all the all, other parody yeah, songs. Right, it's almost all parodies if you think about. They're, they're just weird indie songs you haven't heard. <laughs> yeah, then absolutely, that's happened to me too. Where it's like I know this song Weird Al does mm-hmm. as an independent object. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Hmm. So is that a parody song or is that an original song? That, that... I mean, <laughs> I guess, I guess, like. It's that's really interesting because you're right. It does mean that some people experience it as a fan work and some people experience it as an original work, mm-hmm. even though it's the same work. Yeah. Right. So definition of fan fiction and fan work is dependent on the society that you are in when you read it. It's a lot of contextual stuff. Exactly. Around the individual. Yeah. The individual's context. I mean, I completely I think it could go either way. Like we could come to a firm definition or we could say it's very individually dependent. yeah well it's and, and i don't think either is the wrong answer it, it, is, it does exist in like a quantum state where if you observe it too long it doesn't exist <laughs> oh no is fan fiction disappearing as we speak well then it'll just be fan just be fiction <laughs> right then our podcast will cease to exist we probably mm. should turn away now <laughs> Yeah, but let's be honest, though. We're all people that would open the cursed book, right? <laughs> mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't yeah. touch the, the, the evil object. Yeah. <laughs> Most likely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just realized my last hypothetical, by the way, is way more boring than the other ones. It has, like, no ghosts or anything. I put them in the wrong order here. You started okay. with weird fanfiction commune model. <laughs> <laughs> No, no. So sorry. I have I have one after that as well. Oh, okay, okay. Th- that's actually boring. Like it's another real life situation. Okay, I'm prepared to be bored. Hit me. <laughs> but we, we talk about we talk about like, or at least I talk about. Mm-hmm. If you have permission, that's not fan fiction. Mm-hmm. But I guess we were talking about Star Wars already. I should have done something else. <laughs> George Lucas mm-hmm. sold his rights to Star Wars to Disney, mm-hmm. but he's the the intellectual progenitor of a lot of Star Wars stuff. I mean, not, not not of a whole lot of it because there's so much Star Wars and he barely did a lot of it, but but whatever. Mm-hmm. Let's say George Lucas comes to you and is like, I love your writing. I want you, you have, you understand the vision that I have for Han and Chewbacca kissing. And like, <laughs> you, I'm going to totally endorse this story that you are writing. Like endorsed by the creator of Star Wars, it will say on the book that you can't publish because Disney owns the rights. Mm-hmm. Like, of course, you do have to run it by Lucas. Like, he has to make sure that you have all the right, like, Han Chewbacca romance that, like, he approves of, and he might make a few edits. Is it fan fiction? I, I hate that I have a re- real-world example of this. Oh, is there? What? <laughs> okay, so... Han and Chewbacca kissing? <laughs> Not Tell that. me all about it. <laughs> Unfortunately. Just kidding. Um... You know, Kentucky Fried Chicken. Yes, <laughs> I, I do know Kentucky Fried Chicken. You, you had the, the colonel, which is like terrible person, but whatever. It, everybody was <laughs> who, who made anything you like. Who made, like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> but like, they have the uh, certain number of secret herbs and spices that mm-hmm. went, went into their recipe. Eventually, he sold it to the corporation. 
and the corporate corporation like meddled with it as they as they would and he got upset and wanted it to be the original herbs and spices but he wasn't allowed to do it specifically so what he did end up doing was selling it to this uh, spice company that even today you have to buy it in bulk sells a combination of the spices from the kernel that was the original 11 herbs and spices Uh uh-huh but they had to sell it as something differently like they can't market it as like the kernels 11 herbs and spices yeah but that's exactly what it is that's very interesting yeah so is that like food fan fiction of his own stuff (laughs) (laughs) well but it's just the original work is what it is. Right. It's just the original work. He sold the rights to the original work, but that doesn't so, change so. what the original work was. Mm. Like, that's like saying, you know, say, saying like you sell the rights to your novel to mm. a company that then like makes it an expanded universe and stops publishing the original novel. Mm-hmm. But you're still just the author of the original novel. Right. Even if it's hard to find now, even if it's like not on bookstore shelves. Well, that's, this comes back to something that was in our text chat. <laughs> Does it? I was like, well, yeah, because like I said something about rights and um, oh gosh, I can't remember it now. But it oh, it doesn't matter. I'll expand on that. It's like, is it legal? Yeah, that's what it was. Motto said like if we dive into the legality of it, then we're going down a further, much further rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. So we, like, I think the implication was that we have to kind of separate it from legality. I think we but, do. Yeah. Because, like, do you have an answer to the hypothetical I pose? Because I think I do. What was yours? It was, um, you got permission from from Lucas, Lucas to, to from do Disney. an off-brand. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, no. I mean, right. it's, it's being published as fan fiction. Yeah. yeah. Because, I mean, it's, it, or rather, it's being published not for profit because you can't do that because they don't own, the, he doesn't own the rights to publish stuff for Star Wars. Neither do you. Disney does. Because, like, but, the mouse would kill you if he did it officially. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, so you're not going to make any profit off of it or anything. Mm-hmm. But you are writing a story with his thumbs up specifically. Mm-hmm. And you got to, you know, run it, run it by him, like, you know, for draft approval because. Yeah. Because, like, he wants, before he gives his thumbs up, to say, like, this is fully endorsed by I, the creator of Star Wars. Like, he needs to make sure that you're not having Han kiss Leia or something. Um, I, I don't know what I'm going with, like, the Han Chewbacca shipping. It's just, like, the common through line here. <laughs> no, no, that, that's drawn me in. No. <laughs> well, actually, like, I'm wondering how many, we've never read, like, a Han Chewbacca ship, but now I'm like... Why wouldn't we? I mean, I know they're different species, but like that happens. No, you, you Star would Star Wars. Wars. You would yeah. think, yeah, that, that's gotta exist for sure. And there's, there's, there has to be like a Jack Harkness character in Star Wars, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's Han, right? Right. right. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 But what you're talking about is a collaboration with the original author over something they don't have the legal rights. For. I suppose I am. Okay. I mean, he's not doing any writing though, right? But in my mind, this is not fan fiction because you are sort of getting approval from an authority and he's not the legal owner no but it's still an authority and you still have to run it by him because you can't just you're not saying screw the man i'm writing what i want mm-hmm. you're like checking in with someone who you've kind of acknowledged has some sort of authorship or ownership over the concepts okay. you're using i still call that collaboration though because you still they, they still do have a hand in the pot, whether it's directly or indirectly. Is it a collaboration when the Frank Herbert estate asks someone to write a Dune sequel and they have to sign off on the contents? Kind of. <laughs> I mean, okay. If it is, then that's what it is. Right. But like, doesn't make it fan fiction. No. Like, yeah. 
Well, no. Uh, this is getting like a little bit nebulous in the sense <laughs> of like, like again, Tori, Tori. The legal Nothing about any of this is nebulous. It's all science. <laughs> it's all science that involves Soul Twenty Three and me. Great <laughs> right. hypothesis. Now, what is fan fiction? Mm-hmm. Conduct the experiment. <laughs> I've got the fan the, fiction machine right here. I'm dip the fan it up. fiction in the solution and yeah. see whether it changes, you know, to blue. The strip changes color. That's right. <laughs> so if it's the fan fiction pregnant. And, and, and this, <laughs> in this situation, if George Lucas wrote that the, the this this story themselves, would that be fan fiction? That's also a good question. I, I think that's where you have to start from, and then from anything from there, sort of just sort of an extrapolation. But here's the thing. I want to say, yes, that's fan fiction because he's like, screw it. I'm using these characters. I can't make money off of it. I'm doing it anyway. It's what I want to do. That's Mm -hmm. like the opposite of what you were saying before. But he's not checking in with a higher authority. Mm -hmm. I know. But like, really, all we're talking about is like, does the creator have the authority or does the legal property rights owner have the authority? That's the question. That's literally all we're coming Mm, to. And I'm like, dude. I don't know. I mean, you would think the creator would. I would want that to be the case. Hmm. I guess it's up for us to I would almost say everything. Important. If Disney, all the Star Wars movies that Disney has done, if they didn't have George Lucas's consent, which well, they, they did. Well, they bought the rights. No, I know, because right. they bought the rights. They did. But if they didn't, those would be fan fiction. Sure. Right. And I don't my think, point and is no one's that, arguing like, that George Lucas is the creator. I'm just saying that I would uphold the creator over the. Yeah. Right. As the question is, what, what do you uh, prioritize more, legal consent or creative consent? But there's also just the the vibe, right? There's the sense of transgression. Is like I don't obviously I don't feel like I'm playing with other people's toys if I'm hired to write a Star Wars novel by Disney. But I also. Like, does it feel like you're playing with other people's toys if Lucas has to sign off on what you're doing? If, like, you have to check in with someone about, like, what do you want to um, do with them? I, I think e- so. Even for something, you think it do- still does? Because, well, like, I've heard lots of stories about writers that have had to run things past permission stuff, and that can really tear up a story. That, mm-hmm. that, that, they really do have the story by the by the vitals <laughs> in, in those situations. So, I... Yeah. So, wait, so you two agree? I... What was the question? <laughs> it's like, even if you and Lucas are transgressing against Disney by writing a Star Wars fanfic, mm-hmm. if you are checking in with him as a sort of higher authority to get his permission that everything's on the okay that you wrote before you publish this fanfic, mm-hmm. does that is that does that really have a fanfiction feel anymore? Okay, you're borrowing Lucas's creative authority. Yes, even though he has no legal authority. So, so then the question is, what has precedent, the legal authority or creative authority? Well, I'm, I don't know. That, I don't know if one or the other has to have precedence. I think it's not. I think like it's not fan fiction if Disney gives you authority, and it's not fan fiction if Lucas has to kind of like dot your T's and check that he approves of your work before you publish it. So, model, what you're what you're proposing is that there's two different classes of fan fiction: <laughs> legal fan fiction and creative fan fiction. I think. <laughs> I mean, I don't know that we have to categorize those differently. And oh, think, no, 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 we do. You brought it up, so now it exists. <laughs> well, well, look, ninety nine percent of the time, that's going to be the same thing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, but. Yeah, sure. <laughs> sure, there can be t- there can be two categories of fan fiction there. Yeah. Okay. It's like you still need you can't be checking in with someone who has any sort of sense of authority for approval mm-hmm. and have it be fan fiction is what I think. Okay, then can be- then your your work with George Lucas is um legal fan fiction. Right. Disney's work 
with George Lucas's stuff is creative fan fiction. Because they're because they're just doing whatever the hell they want with this stuff that they didn't create originally. Mm-hmm. I guess so. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I don't, I, that might be what I'm saying. That Disney's the largest producer of fan fiction in the world? Maybe. But but, you. But, but, <laughs> but but you know what? I'm not, though, because <laughs> they gave him a fat paycheck and a, you know, a lot of stock in Disney <laughs> for him to say legally, yes, you can do whatever you want with this, these worlds. Mm-hmm. Like, they did check in with him, though, is the thing. Look, it's it's still it's yeah, it's still coming back to what we decided on before is that Disney had permission from Lucas. Therefore, mm-hmm. people who have permission from Disney have permission from Lucas. That's true. And does legal legally legal permission mean creative permission? Well, it does in this instance. I think it means it's not fan fiction. Right. Yeah. Yeah. My point is that because Lucas gave implied creative permission when he sold the rights. Mm-hmm. Sure. However, if you're talking even about... Even if that permission is just like, fuck it, I don't care what you do for this amount of money. But then you get into the temporal argument again, where it's like, sure, that, that Lucas at that point says it, but that Lucas says it later after they've legally signed it away. <laughs> you know, they creatively don't don't have that permission anymore. I mean, is that still... In a modern day, when you people can post on Twitter and stuff, if Lucas goes like, hey, I really hated the latest Star Wars movie that Disney put out and I don't consider it to be canon in my universe. Mm-hmm. I mean, then... I, I do. <laughs> I feel that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you you can definitely use that as a jumping off point for for making, you know, what is fan fiction. But I, I do think that opens up. I don't want it to be just legal. I don't. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's the main point. And that's kind of what from. I think that's kind of where I'm coming from, but too. also, you know, that opens up a little bit of a wormhole or a... A wormhole. A wormhole. We're jumping between time and space. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It opens, opens up, up a wormhole to the ghost of uh, <laughs> William Shakespeare. And, and, and we're, of and we're deep, deep Space Nine right in front of the wormhole. <laughs> I don't even know what part I was looking for. It doesn't matter. It's what if, you know, then Lucas posts on Twitter and goes, this fan fiction is so good. Oh, this now is. Now it's part of my can. That's exactly what right. I would have done. Right. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, well, look, that is easy to answer because like you, when you wrote the fanfic, you didn't expect that Lucas would give it permission. You wrote it as a fan work. Mm-hmm. And so like that's that's just got to trump later Again, permission. Though, I guess so. But like uplifted fanfiction. Right. Exactly. It's, it's Which happens. First. It's yeah. like, yeah, again, they reiterate point like Lucas is like, I fucking hated this movie. Goodbye to my canon. <laughs> <laughs> Does that make that movie fan fiction? Like, no, it doesn't. Know. You know, yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. yeah. Probably we're we're circling around there. You're right. <laughs> well, I think we can say that we've definitively and authoritatively answered any possible question that anyone could have about what is or is not fan fiction. My head hurts. <laughs> yeah, that was a great way to end that. I, I feel like I came to such solid conclusions, and now I know exactly what we're talking about. I understand nothing. <laughs> do, do I exist? <laughs> You're going to have to ask your eight-year-old self. Do I need legal permission to exist? (laughs) (laughs) Do you need legal permission from your eight-year-old self to exist? (laughs) Maybe. Can that permission be revoked later? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. So I I guess I I think we've got to finish it up there. But that was, as you could see, a lot of fun, at least for me. It was torture for the rest of us. <laughs> Just kidding. No, I actually think we came to some pretty good conclusions. <laughs> conclusions. Please, yeah, please share a, a conclusion that we made. Yeah, yeah. Go, go ahead. <laughs> Everything is subjective always. Oh, there we go. <sighs> I, I mean, so I know. <laughs> That's a real hot take, and I think people are really going to push back against that. <laughs>
Yeah, I'm not looking forward to like listening back to this episode later and like being equally as confused as I am now. I'm not confused. I don't know what's wrong with y'all. <laughs> I'm gonna move to the weird fanfiction commune. <laughs> I'm gonna move to the normal fanfiction commune just to be spiteful. <laughs> the normal fanfiction commune where all the pairings are cis and. <laughs> oh no 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 no! Never mind. You, 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 you know what? Fanfiction commune. No, too late. Too late. You, you know what? I, I'm sorry. That's that's actually got to be the weird fanfiction commune because the normal fanfiction commune is all slash all the time. Now that I think about it. Okay. Oh, well, yeah, wait. That's I fair. want to switch now. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I forgot we were talking about fan fiction. Yeah, but Telemachus is writing about Han and Chewie making out. He's yes. from the weird fan fiction commune. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, well, that's why he left the commune. Oh, I see. It all ties together, you see. <laughs> I'm glad that we've now created our own fan fiction about fan fiction. I'm very happy with that. We have yes. characters. This is like a full story. This is like the snake eating his own tail. This great. Next, Telemachus meets Will Wheaton, the reincarnation of William Shakespeare. I do not approve of this show's canon. <laughs> we have no canon. <laughs> we are canon free. <laughs> okay. Well, now that we've wrapped everything in a bow there, this was a special episode of Retro Fanfic Retrospective, Fanfiction Hypotheticals. Um, yeah, I feel like I need to come down from that for a moment. You can find it nowhere. We talked about it on this podcast. It's not actually a story, but um, I give you my author's permission to write stories based on our fanfiction commune world that we just invented, which means it will no longer be fanfiction when you write it. Uh, except I, I don't. So, <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> what about multiple creators? Oh, oh, we can't. We can't deal with this. <laughs> The intro song is The Weekly Fair off of the album Popey's Incredible Adventure by Komiku. The outro song is Run Against the Universe from the same album. And you can find that album and other works by Komiku at loyaltyfreakmusic.com. Our podcast is edited by Della Rose, who will probably not be drinking while editing <laughs> like she was while we were recording. I, I do want to want to raise, though. <laughs> just going to call her out like that. <laughs> you want to raise? Uh, how about I? How about this? I'll pay you in full intellectual property rights over the fanfiction commune universe. Mm. I'll be talking to my lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> if you have questions, comments, thoughts about the episode, or most importantly, more insane fanfiction hypotheticals, you can contact us on Twitter at RetroFanfic, Facebook at RetroFanfic, or send us an email at RetroFanficRetrospective at gmail.com. I, I think Amato's serious. He, he would like that. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, if you can top me, I want to oh, see. Oh, I want to know. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Follow-up episode in the works. <laughs> I'm Amato. I'm Tori. I guess I'm Della. <laughs> We're just three Earth life forms trying to avoid being judged by our eight-year-old selves. Until next time, take care. Dude. <laughs> Dude, harsh. <laughs>
I don't with even... definitive authoritative answers. Yeah, yeah, questions. What what were the questions? Who, who, what who were the, the answers? Right with the modern you or eight year old you? <laughs>